0: People thought that I had it all together because I was pretty successful. I didn't have debt, you know, own my own house, had a good job. Like I dressed up every day. You know, I had the the facade, I had the, the wall of makeup and clothes and whatever. And I, I looked like a good package on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way, nobody knew about my past, not anything about my past. And if you asked me anything about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, it was like, like it was great. It was really difficult and I never talked about it, but it's like having a boil Mm -hmm. and it's painful Mm -hmm. until it pops. And when you finally pop it, it's really gross, right? It's ugly, it's gross and it goes everywhere and then it's messy and then it's just relief. And then it heals and it's amazing. Um, It was a little weird going through all that and it was like, ah, I don't know what to do with all this mess. Um, And then you heal all of that, but you don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Like, I just don't care.
1: Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. Hello everyone. I am here today with a bad-ass woman. Let me tell you right now, Tana Amen has changed the game in the nutrition space. She is very well known for her tips, her principles. I love following her on Instagram for all those tips, but what else she is wildly known for? is serving and helping people with trauma. She's an author. She's been through a whole heck of a lot and you are going to love her just as much as I do. Thank you for being here today.
0: Are you kidding me? I love you, Emily. This I love so you.
1: Fun. You're you're the real
0: deal. Well, thank you. Yeah. I feel the same.
1: Oh my goodness. You came and spoke at Jake and mine event and you blew everybody away.
0: And I had no idea we had so much in common, so it's so fun. So much in common.
1: Like, just, let's start there. Let's start with, like, your upbringing and what has shaped you and made you just so strong here today as we sit here. Like, I just, I want everyone to hear your story because we did connect on that, you know? I'm like, and, and it's really important for me to say this as you see this polished gorgeous woman who has a black belt, by the way, uh, who, who you're just so intelligent in the way you speak and connect and train. I think people, if they don't know, like your upbringing and all that you fought through and all that you've overcame, you're an overcomer. And I want to go there today because there's so many people like us who has had traumatic upbringings.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I think one of my favorite terms is post-traumatic growth. Mm. So we all hear this expression, you know post-traumatic stress you know um, disorder, which I don't like that term. Um, but there's also post-traumatic growth. There's resilience through all of that. And so what is the difference? The difference is having that resilience. it's grit. And you, know, you can actually, even if you have been in that place of feeling like a victim, um, you can train resilience. And that's a really important thing. And in my mind, just because I was victimized right. at certain times as a child doesn't make me a victim. Mm. And so there's a big difference. So just how you respond to something can make a huge difference in the outcome.
1: Mm, absolutely. So how tell us about that childhood and your upbringing and and how did you gain all that resilience?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they've done a lot of studies on something called adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. You can take your, uh, test, you can go online, just Google ACE scores and you can take a a quiz and they, they score them from zero to 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. 10 being the worst and zero being, you know, the least offensive, Mm -hmm. if you will. And mine's an eight. Mm -hmm. Um, so,
1: And I'm a seven. Yeah. So it's pretty
0: significant. Yeah. And so that's a lot of post, that's a a lot of chronic childhood trauma and chaos that you go through. So my childhood was very chaotic. Um, My mother was a 16-year-old runaway who didn't finish high school. She lived on the street for a while. Um, But she's tough. My mom's tough. She has grit. Her biggest problem was that she was also very codependent and thought she could save people who probably should not have been in my house, like Mm -hmm. my heroin-addicted uncle who lived with us and... That was the whole story. And my other uncle who was murdered because of him when I was young. Um, And I still remember those events and the police being in my house and everyone screaming and feeling lost and, um, you know, being abandoned by my dad. And there was sexual abuse. And um, I had cancer when I was in my 20s. And I developed an eating disorder just because of all the stress and chaos and trauma and drama. But at some point, you just get tired. You're like, I'm done, I'm done with all of this. And you figure out how to fight and how to turn that around. And I think one of the most important words I learned was responsibility. Mm. And it was taught to me by my heroin addicted uncle when he cleaned his life up. Wow! And he looked at me because I was feeling sorry for myself. And he said, how much responsibility are you willing to take? And I was like, this isn't my fault it's not my fault I got cancer. It's not my fault all this stuff happened to me. He said, I didn't ask you how much blame you were willing to take. I asked you how much responsibility you're willing to take because it's the ability to respond. Mm. And he said, if you take 50% responsibility, you have 50% chance to change it. If you take 100%, you have 100% opportunity to change the outcome. And it was just a light switch moment.
1: How old were you?
0: I was in my early 20s when I was going through all the issues with my cancer and the treatments and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So
1: before you had that epiphany, like I'm going to be hundred percent responsible and it's, it's wild to me because I was 23 when I was taught no blaming, justifying, complaining because I wore that as a little bit of a victim thing, like dad left all the things, the eating thing. Oh my gosh, so much to unpack here. But when that, that switch happened like, what, what did you do next? Like, how did you start conditioning that new mindset of, gosh, I don't need to be a victim?
0: So that's funny. Um, my husband calls me a seeker, and I think that was the new thing, is I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I can. And I remember it was sort of a journey. It's, you, you have these moments, I think there are several, you know, moments that we all have that you remember that were big moments. So that was one with my uncle. I remember someone handed me Tony Robbins tapes and I was like, I was like, okay, self-help tapes gave me a break. Right. But it wasn't that the self-help tapes changed my life. It was that within those tapes, there was this aha moment that was like, oh, you mean I don't have to believe the way I think? Mm. That there's another way to think. And so that was another moment, you know. And then I had met Byron Katie at one point. There were just these moments that happened that are, you know, these very blessed moments, I'll, yeah. I'll call them. And so I went on this journey, but but I was proactive in it. Mm-hmm. I set out to go on this journey um, to change my life. Mm. And so that's why my husband will call me a seeker. To this day, I'm constantly in some sort of course or seminar or doing something oh. just because I want to. You become like the people you hang out with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's it's that drive though, the seeker part. Oh, I get like fired up right now because I was just talking to someone about this. I'm like there's two types of people. There's those that buy books, buy courses, go to events and they just don't read it, they don't watch it, they don't apply it, they don't do anything. And then there's the types that like hang on to every word. They write it, they rewrite it. Like when I was, you know, really working on my mindset, I was like rewriting my declaration statements and I was like, okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God, I'm gonna re- and I'm going to read and I'm going to, I'm just going to marinate on this. And there's yes. two types of people. And for you,
0: like you're, oh i'd tape them to my mirror oh huh. i love it <laughs> and i remember this is really fun because it's. i actually wrote about this in my recent book i wrote a book called the relentless courage of a yes. scared child and in that book i tell this story um i remember journaling when i was at that time in my life and that very vulnerable critical turning point and i mean in detail what my life was going to look like where i was going to live i mean what neighborhood i was going to live in what car i was going to drive what the guy I was going to you know end up marrying was going to be like what you know, like every single detail. And I forgot about it. Like I put it away, you know, I moved a couple of times and yeah. all these things happened and I came across it. And this was probably maybe 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I came across it. And I I kid you not, everything on there was like checked off. The only things I even said I was going to be a New York Times bestselling author, the things that were not um, exactly as I described, the car was the same car I said that I was going to be driving, but it wasn't the convertible because I had a baby, and I was a New York Times best-selling author, but not of a novel, which I had thought I would be. It was of a self-help book. It was of wow. a of health and nutrition, and yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, scripting. It was weird. That is that just weird. It's weird, but it's so powerful. Yeah, because the
0: power of your mind. I mean, your yeah. thoughts matter.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I want to back it up to the ACE test. Mm-hmm and and this is how i know it is a divine appointment me meeting you because it was so strange i had never heard of the ace test ever one month before i met you i heard of it took the test and i started to like really honestly identify and realize wow this is why i've struggled because i've gone through so much before the age of 18 mm-hmm. And I I had no idea of it. And then literally one month later, I met you and you were like, I'm an eight. Actually, Emily, I teach on this. I'm like an you're like an expert on it. I mean, I was like, this is so, uh, so divine. Um, But, you know, something you mentioned is like stuff that happens before the age of 18 and and how it shows up in our life. And for you, one of the things was the eating disorder. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, you know, do you think it's came from what happened when you were younger? Oh, I don't
0: think anything. I know it was. You know it was. So um, I'm a self-proclaimed expert on this. (laughs) I I love (laughs) it because I did so much work. I I literally became obsessed when I learned about the power of adverse childhood experiences and what the effect is on your health. I never could understand why I was such a sick kid. I was what you call a frequent flyer in the hospital. I was constantly in the in the doctor's office, in the hospital. I was always on antibiotics. I've had 10 medical surgeries, even though I look healthy and it just never made sense to me. And when I heard about these ACE scores and I started really researching it, I was like, oh my goodness, okay. So when you have a score, so they score it from zero to 10, yep. if you have a score of four or higher, you are more likely to have seven of the 10 leading causes of illness when you have a score of six or higher you die on average of 20 years earlier and that's of all preventable causes it's not at first they were like well yeah that makes sense because you're more likely to be an addict no it's of heart disease cancer diabetes it's like of all of all causes that are the chronic diseases that we know of and so the question became why and they started researching it and it's because when you are ex- exposed to that kind of chronic stress as a child so They did studies and what happened is your brain, the brain of a a child who goes through chronic trauma at home is the same. It's the same as a soldier who comes back from war. Wow. Okay. So they have the same brains when it comes to emotional trauma in their brain, that they look the same. But when you do that as a child, when that happens to you as a child, you have a developing brain. So it's different because it affects how your amygdala develops, how your frontal lobes develop, how... Um, your hippocampus develops. So it changes things like your memory, your judgment center, um, your uh, emotional, like it fires up your emotional brain and it doesn't develop normally. And that's the problem. And you begin to, it raises cortisol. And now you begin to release stress hormones. It's a little like having a tiger around the corner in your house. You never know where the tiger's at and you're always ready to like be attacked. And so your body just becomes constantly in that state of fl- fight or flight. And this is why you get sick more. So that's why I became this expert in it. But when you ask about the eating disorder, it's because for me, I think eating disorders are complicated. They're very different for, totally. for different people. They can actually be because your hormones are not balanced. There are hormones that actually affect how how you feel um, how your stomach stretches. I mean, it's very complicated. It's not the same for everyone. For me, I was very clear. It was a, it was a way to release anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't know what to do with all the pent up anxiety. And then I ended up discovering exercise. I'm like, I can't keep doing this when I really understood and learned that it will, Oh, you mean your teeth will rot or your heart could stop. Like I didn't know all that when I, when I first started down that journey. And when I learned that I was pretty vain and I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. So I ended up transferring that um, energy into extreme exercise, which wasn't really great for me, but it was better than bulimia. Totally. So I just transferred purging into sweating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. So something I've, I've shared a little bit, but not a lot, but I have suffered with eating as well. Mm-hmm. And y- literally in this moment, I'm realizing it was to release anxiety. Absolutely. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, it can be so different for so many people. So
1: many people, but this all makes sense now because it was like escapism. Definitely escapism. And like it for me, it it started more after I competed in fitness. Mm. And then I was like It's a oh, rough world. I can't maintain this body. But then I but then the, the anxiety stuff, and then it was like a release, almost like feeling better.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you overcome that? So like I said, initially, it was a journey because initially, like I just transferred, I was young, I like at 16, I became like an extreme exerciser. Um, so that, I talk about the journey in my book because it's too yeah. long for right now. Right. Um, but I transferred that energy into exercise. And then over time, it just it became this natural evolution, especially in my early 20s after having cancer. So what happened was when my form of anxiety control was taken away from me when i had cancer i actually relapsed back into the eating disorder i thought i would never that would never happen again that could never happen again right right. i was over all of that and then when i couldn't exercise it shocked me but that showed back up in my life and i was i was so freaked out that that could happen again and that's when i began to really figure out oh i actually need to do deeper work on this like that so when that word responsibility showed up in my life it's like okay I need to take responsibility for this. And then it took a while, you know, it's a journey, but I started to learn how to manage anxiety for real and not manage it, but actually like dig into it. What's causing it? What's the root cause of this? Mm. So EMDR I'd say is one of my favorite things. Um, It's a form of therapy specific to trauma and it helps you actually reprocess where trauma is stuck in your brain. Okay,
1: so how, when, where, how do we do that? Tell us all about it. So
0: it's very interesting. They've actually studied EMDR and police officers. And after eight sessions, so police officers, police officers who have been in shootings, and so like um, they're very traumatized from it. And so after eight sessions of EMDR, most of them had released the trauma. They'd reprocessed it and learned to like let it go. And so it's, it's not like they don't remember it; they do. They remember it clearly. It's just that they don't have that same trauma reaction to it. It doesn't hold the same power over them. And so it's a very interesting thing. It sounds very. Oversimplistic, simplistic, but it actually works. You can either do tapping or you do, um, your eyes going back and forth and they'll hold a little wand or their finger and while you bring up the traumatic experience, and then there's a way that they do it, it's a whole process. But yeah. what happens is your brain, which can get stuck in the hemispheres on a, on a traumatic experience, begins to process. And then what you do as that's happening is work your way through it with the help of a therapist you work your way through that memory, and then they will work you into like, how would you like that to turn out mm-hmm. instead? So mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit of a process, but it really is about reprocessing in the hemispheres. Wow, it's it's like a shortcut through years of therapy.
1: When did you discover that?
0: So, uh, so my, <laughs> it was. So th- this is a problem with with dating a shrink. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> World renowned shrink. Yeah.
0: So I ended up, when I met my husband, I almost canceled my first date with him when I found uh, out he was a psychiatrist, but he was too cool. And yeah. so we ended up, you know, so I kept thinking, okay, I'll get rid of him soon. And then I never got rid of him. <laughs> and so finally, he um, his first gift to me was 10 sessions of EMDR. And I'm like, oh, you think I'm really screwed up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a gift. Mess. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm not going to therapy and banging my head up against a wall. I had this very, very... I thought what was a good facade, apparently it wasn't that good. Um, a great facade, it took me years to build. It was like, I, I lived behind this wall of makeup, hair, clothes, and nobody saw behind that facade. I, nobody knew anything, nothing about my past. And so I'm like talking like this, never gonna happen. And so there was this like wall of perfectionism. Wow. And, mm. except Daniel somehow, you know, it's the problem with shrink is that they know how to weasel their way into that. So he gets me these ten sessions of EMDR, which I didn't want to do. And but when I went, what was so interesting to me is it was so different from going to therapy, where you just talked and talked and right. talked, which annoyed me. Same. And they just get right down to it, and it's just it's like this shortcut, and they just get right down to it, and it just helps you reprocess. And I was shocked at how quickly it began to work. Now that said, on my own, I ended up doing two years of it because I have a lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah, yeah. But it was so helpful, that's and that's so cool. I credit that. A big part of that to why we are together today. That's
1: incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah, oh my gosh. Okay, there's so many ways I want to go. L- let's go back to the ace thing for a minute because I've I've started to have people do the test. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in a room of a hundred people, and at least 90% stands up for one or higher. But what I'm finding is about 40% stand up for four or higher. Mm-hmm. Maybe even higher sometimes. Yeah. And the big thing that they ask, literally,
0: they're like, so what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they feel like, well, it's not my fault, but it happened. Right. And the truth is you can't change that score. You can't go back and change what happened. Right. But you do get to change how you respond to it. Oh. Okay, so that's a big thing. And this is this is where people get tripped up. It's like, well, yeah, it's not my fault. Again, it's not my fault. It's, you're not to blame. Those things happened. And that's why I became so obsessed with it. Because I'm like, this isn't okay with me. Like I had no. cancer that kept coming back. I had been through treatment. I've had like I said, 10 medical surgeries, two of which were from cancer. I've had three, you know, radiation treatments, experimental treatments to get rid of it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was on medications to manage the side effects of other medications. I'm like, I'm done with all of this, but, but what do I do? And so when I, that's why I wrote 10 books. Okay, was because I was like, I need to figure out what to do with this. So I went on this odyssey to figure it out and heal myself. And really the power of lifestyle and meditation, mm-hmm. you know, you, we hear about it so much and you, it's like so overstated. It seems like on really? social media and yeah, but it's real. It's real. So it- learning how to manage your mind, learning those simple lifestyle things with, you know, and it doesn't need to be as overwhelming as we make it. I get a little bit weary of like, you have to do it this way. It has to be my uh, way. Right. It's, it's like, I don't care if you're a vegan. I don't care if you're a caveman. Right. It's like, whatever works for you, because no two people are the same, mm-hmm. let's take a look at your important health numbers. And if you're vegan, let's just help you be the best vegan you can. Right. They actually did two studies back in the 80s, um, and all they did, all they did, eat more vegetables and fruit, eat more grains, and cut out processed foods and Mm -hmm. people got better. They didn't even take into account smoking, drinking, none of that stress, zero, and people got better. So we know if you eat more vegetables and fruit and you move your body more and you cut out processed food, Mm -hmm. you're gonna get better. Mm -hmm. So let's just start small. Yeah. Start small, start where you're at, take your own values into account. And if you're a vegan, let's make you the healthiest vegan. If you like meat, eat healthy meat. okay? Just figure out what works for you There's no one plan that works for people, but the power of meditation and prayer Mm. go so far. So far. For managing your stress. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to go to the gym for an hour a day, go for a walk. Right. Just start small. Yeah.
1: What I have found is in these environments, a lot of people, like if they were molested, if they were in an environment where mom got beat up all the time, all the things, it's like what I am surprised if they haven't even like admitted it, talked about it. I had a couple uh, uh, about a month ago, they pulled me aside from stage and they said, we've been married. And like, he just told me during this exercise that he was molested. And like, we have kids and like, I'm like, it's the first time they're ever even talking about it. And I'm like, okay, if, if you don't heal, if you don't recognize first and how are you going to be able to heal something you're not recognizing? Well, and
0: if you don't heal from what, if you don't heal from what hurts you, you bleed on people who didn't cut you. And so that's, it's a really important thing. And so people walk around going, I did it for until I was <laughs> in my late thirties. I'm fine. Fouled up insecure, neurotic and emotional, but I'm fine. <laughs>
1: same, same. And I really struggled with uh, men and relationship and letting love in. Mm-hmm. Like when I first met Jake, he was like everything I wrote out. I went to the beach and I wrote out what I wanted in a man. I was not going to settle. But then when he finally arrived, literally with roses all the time and all the things. It
0: felt weird. It didn't feel natural. I rejected him. Me too. (laughs) They try
1: to love you. And I was like, no, there's got to be something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. Yeah. Yeah. No, we could go on and on about this. So Daniel will, he jokes around, well, I try to say I didn't, but it's probably true. He's like, I, he'll tell people I tortured him for the first year and a half. Why he tolerated it, I have no oh idea. Oh my God. But he'll say that I tortured him. He's like, he'll he'll say, because I knew that you were amazing and that you had been through a lot. And he's like, I just knew that there was more under there. And I'm like, I, I pushed him away. I broke up with him three times. I was fine as long as we just dated casually. But he kept wanting to marry me. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Because I'm like... It freaked me out because I'm like, first of all, I thought he was manipulating me. Yes. I'm like, nobody is this nice. And I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. He's full of it. He's just, he's playing a game to get me to to like, to manipulate me to do what he wants. And he's way too nice and it's all BS. And so I just kept breaking up with him. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. No, I had to, so that was what EMDR helped me with. It helped me reset that template because my template was set for men to be abusive or manipulative same. or so when they're not it feels unnatural mm-hmm. when they're not you think something's wrong mm-hmm. and you have to do that work if you ever want to have cuz he literally i did the same thing i wrote hit, wrote it out and he fit everything i wanted in a man he fit everything but then when that shows up you're like wait that's way too good that uh-huh. doesn't make sense and i'm not used to good yeah good is too good for me yeah and so you're waiting for the other shoe to fall yeah. you and I could go on and on
1: on and on yeah. I mean I broke up with him a few times too and I was like there's got to be something, something wrong. wrong he's gonna cheat on me he's gonna like and 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 so finally like I self I sabotaged and the he's thing. So
0: nice. I mean he's the <laughs> best I mean, and for, he's so good looking yeah, and he's I know And so it's, it, it's
1: the love of my life and but but I had to go because so many women will be like I want that. I want that kind of relationship that you guys have. And they've been through trauma, drama, all the things. And like, I think we should share with them. Like, you gotta be like, you gotta, you gotta be honest about what you've been through and go to the depths to heal. Cause you
0: will ruin a good thing when it shows up. You will ruin you it. You will
1: sabotage it.
0: You we take
1: it from us. Like you why, will, yeah. why
0: I am in the position I'm in now. I literally thank God like so often. Cause I'm like, what? What guy puts up
1: with me? Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, It's, it's amazing when you actually like recognize. Hold up. Are you ready to take your brand to another level? Maybe you might be thinking, brand? I don't have a brand. Oh yes, you do have a brand. And chances are, if you're listening to this right now, you also have a message that you are ready to get out into the world. Well, if that is you and you wanna take things to a whole nother level, when let's just face it, it's required in 2023, if you wanna stand out in a noisy market, then I wanna personally invite you to the It Factor Bootcamp Branding Edition. Now, this is not just any bootcamp. What this is, is a couple days of you away from your crazy busy life, and we have curated two days of absolute brand integration. We are going to be helping you identify your brand message. We're going to be showing you how to create next level content, have a plan that matches whatever it is that you're selling and who you're selling it to. We're bringing in some of the best PR people in the world to teach you how to self-promote and then also how to stand out and to really create that halo effect, what I like to teach on there's so many other details happening but what this is is an intimate two days with myself and my partner jake and i promise you by the time you leave you will feel equipped and totally ready to take your brand to another level if this sounds like something you're interested in then join me in southern california towards the end of July, send me an Instagram right now at it's Emily, I-T-S-E-M-I-L-Y. Send me the word bootcamp and I will send you all the details. But act fast because we are releasing this this week and we are limiting it to 50 spots so we can intimately work with you and also network. So if this is something you're into, go to my Instagram now, and send me the word boot camp. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the wearing the mask thing. Because, again, like so many people can relate. I can relate as well. Like, I didn't share certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want people to think something about me. Like, it's like I just wore a mask. And how long did you do that? And when did it start to come off?
0: Oh, when I was like 38, 39? Yeah. Like, don't be me. Because it's miserable. And so I had this this very, very solid fac- People thought that I had it all together because I was pretty successful. I didn't have debt, you know, owned my own house, had a good job, like I dressed up every day. You know, I had the the facade, I had the, the wall of makeup and clothes and whatever, and I, I looked like a good package on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way, nobody knew about my past, not anything about my past. And if you asked me anything about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, it was like, like it was great. And I would just, there was no way you were going to know that, and so it took it took Daniel actually getting below that, and so um, it was really difficult. And I never talked about it, but it's like this, it's like this, it's like having a boil. This is going to be really gross, but it's like having a boil, mm-hmm. and it's painful mm-hmm. until it pops. And when you finally pop it, it's really gross, right? It's ugly, it's oh, gross, God. and it goes everywhere. And then it's messy, and then it's just relief. And then it heals and it's amazing. And what happens is for me, after that boil popped, um, it was a little weird going through all that. And it was like, oh, I don't know what to do with all this mess. Um, And then you heal all of that, but you don't care what anybody thinks anymore.
1: Straight up.
0: Like, I just don't care. Uh, Yeah. And I never thought I'd be a person who just doesn't care what people think. Mm. So, and that's, I had to get to that place before I could ever imagine sharing it with people. Right. And even after I got to that place, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I've I've dealt with all that. I don't really need to air my dirty laundry because all these people are still alive in my life. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't need to go there. Um, But I realized, you know, there are so many people struggling that if I only help a handful of them, it's worth it.
1: Oh, and you're helping more than a handful. And I love the way you just articulated that. It's almost like you can feel the boil and then it pops and there's like a release and I know like for me, I, I don't I felt like I was living a lie. Yeah. And it was like out of integrity on, on a lot of things. And I just felt like I felt like I could give, but I couldn't give fully. Yep. It's like I was stopping on the 10 yard line.
0: So I'm gonna go back to what you said. I just want to take you back for a second. Yeah. What you said about the love of your life. Okay. How can you possibly connect with someone on a deeper level if you if you can't let them see? beneath the surface of you, because you need to maintain that facade. You can't. You can't. Because you need to be this perfect person, so you can't let them see the mess underneath, so mm. you gotta push them away. Yeah. And so you're gonna constantly sabotage whatever happens in your life, because mm-hmm. you can't let them see that mess. Right. My husband is the only person, when I finally like like popped that boil, and like, I was like, ew, yeah. This is like, I can't do this. Yeah. I decided to test it. I'm like, I'm never getting married again, because my first marriage was such a mess. I'm never getting married again, unless it is someone that I can literally tell everything to, like I would my best girlfriend. And it's like, and I decided to test it. I'm like, I'm going to test this thing. And I don't care what he says. He can go away. Like, I feel like I almost tried to push him away by telling him way too much. Yeah. It's like TMI. Yeah. And he would just be like, cool. Like, the more I told him, the more he was like, awesome. Like, that's so interesting. I'm like, okay, you're just lying now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I did it because I was like, I'm not going there again. Yeah. Like I finally got to that place where I'm like, I'd rather be alone Mm -hmm. than have to do this again. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't, I'm too tired. Mm -hmm. And, and so shockingly, he just, the more I told him, the more he loved me. You can find that person, but you have to, you have to fix you first. Yeah. Amen.
1: And you have to, you got to go to the depths and be that open to like, I feel like, And I, you, you and Daniel's relationship, like I can just tell by the way you look at each other. You can't manufacture that. You can't sell that. You can't like, it's so real. And I I can tell. And the reason I think a big level of your relationship is like that is because you're both are so honest and he's your person and your best friend and you trust him. And that's, you know, it's been such a example for Jake and myself, because that's where we're at. We're, we're ride or die. We're BFF. We're, you know, we don't care. Like, I'll tell him like my deepest, darkest secrets. But Five years ago, I could never imagine telling right. a man that. I no. could never. I'm like, don't, no way. You're going to judge me, leave me, whatever. So I'm going to leave you first. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> going to leave you
0: first. So I'm, I'm going to leave you yeah, first. Yeah. So that's, that's, Daniel even looked at me. He goes, I bet you haven't really been broken up with because you leave first. I'm like, oh, uh-huh.
1: ouch. She's the killer.
0: Yeah. He called She's me the black widow. The
1: man eater. He used to call yeah. me black widow. Yeah. 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 I, I had one person, like I remember with my girlfriends in LA, they're like, you're kind of like a you're not a man eater, but you're kinda like yeah. you're I'm like, well. Yeah.
0: He told me he was gonna write a book called The Black Widow Diaries. I'm like, don't oh, you dare, you cannot do that. Why? But God. it's really fun. You talk about relationships. Um, so our kids think we're so gross and so weird and they can't have their friends over because he's always walking around grabbing my butt or doing something. So, cute. so ridiculous. And we were looking at a house recently and we thought we were alone. And so we were in the bathroom looking at because it had a his and hers bathroom, which is really like kind of over the top. But so he's like, he comes in, I was in, the, the, in one of the bathrooms and he goes, I'm not, I don't like this house. And I go, why? And he goes, I'm not getting ready away from you. And I go, what? He goes, I'm going to be in here bothering you when you get ready. I don't want a house like this. And I didn't know that the agent was listening and was going through a separation and started crying. Oh. And he's like, I, I've not in all the time I've been selling houses, heard a couple that's been married. As long as you have talk like that to each other. And he's like, and I just, I'm, it makes me sad, but happy at the same time that there's yeah, hope.
1: it gives hope. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Like how, how do you guys have that kind of relationship? Like you're so productive. I don't like the word busy because you're productive. You guys are changing lives, like truly doing deep work individually, together, the legacy you've created, you're in demand, you've got a family, which we need to expand on. How do you guys keep that like spice, love?
0: So it's not perfect. Connection. People people are always like, oh, you guys have the perfect relationship. Yeah. First of all, we acknowledge that it's not perfect yeah. and we're okay talking about it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, if you can't acknowledge where some of the issues are, then you're going to have problems. That's right. So when there's a problem, we talk about it. We, you know, we're, we're kind of a normal family, you know, but we have, I think, better skill. Maybe that's what it is, is we've worked on the skill about talking about things. We're very yin and yang and we appreciate that about each other. I'm very intense. He's very mellow. He grounds me. And we don't, instead of being upset about that, about the other person, we sort of cherish that. Like, I love that he grounds me. I'm still going to be intense. Like, it's not going to change me. But it helps to ground me. Mm. Um, We also, um, you know, I think you have to have a short memory. (laughs) (laughs) So you just, you know, I think so many women just can't let stuff go I mean come on women you know yeah don't you, keep know score. you do this don't yeah if you don't yeah. have a short memory you're not staying married and right. and let's just if you have sexual trauma get it fixed yeah because that's going to devastate a relationship because sex for a man is just an important thing let's mm-hmm. just be honest and mm-hmm. as I <laughs> as I've entered menopause this has become such a big thing that I've talked to women about because they're like yeah but I don't feel like it I'm like yeah, but is it worth investing in your relationship? For? Yeah. You may not always feel like it, right. but it's not just about you. Right. And so you just have to really, sex isn't just about how you feel. Right. Just like love isn't how you feel. its It's an action. Yeah. It's not just an emotion. Yeah. And so when you talk about, you know, sex or making love or whatever, that is a very big, important cornerstone to a relationship. Mm. And so if you want to stay married a long time, Work on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. make it happen.
1: Like you should be doing it like a couple times a week.
0: Yeah. Daily. You've got to. Yeah. Several times a week. Yeah. Because it's it's if you're not in the mood, think of it as an investment in your relationship. You'll yeah. get in the mood. Yeah. Once you go through the action. Oh yeah. But you just have to like think of it like I'm doing this to protect my relationship. Yeah. You don't take care of your man, someone else is going to. This
1: is so real and so good. I okay growing up young, like had trauma around. Me too. Okay. Yeah. We, it just, it, I feel like it, I didn't want or wasn't comfortable Yeah. with sex. Do you find like, did you have to work on that?
0: So I think when women go through sexual trauma, it can uh, manifest many different things. Some women become hypersexual. Some women become asexual. Um, some women just shut down and just go through the motions. Wow. It, it really depends on how you processed it and what happened. So for me, I, I think it was different as I write about all this in my book, mm-hmm. I kind of became the thing that I hated. And so for a while, that was not a healthy thing. And it was more about, I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Mm. And I had to really work on that. It was, it was not, that's why Daniel called me a black widow. I was like, yeah, no, you're not going to get that chance. And so I'm like, I'm going to play the player. And. That was really toxic. And I'm just being really honest yeah, right now. Love um, yeah. So I write about that in my book. But for a lot of women, it's more like, I can't be touched. And so that either way, you got to work on that. You can't yeah. have a healthy relationship either way.
1: And would you say like therapy working on that? Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's where EMDR came in. In fact, I was like, I'm fine. Like, I, I you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a lie. I yeah. mean, I just wasn't, you know, there was nothing fine about me. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you continue to to
0: work on yourself and continue to do these things? So we actually have the teenage girls in our house all going to preemptive (laughs) therapy so that they sort of have a foundation of how to communicate going into relationships. I mean, if I had had that, I'm like, what? Like what? I know. Like just to understand what to pick, what to look for, how to communicate before you even get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what? like what a concept right what a concept um and so you don't just
1: marry who you're like proximity wise and who's in your class no
0: and so that's why I, I still like yeah. go, I don't go often now, but it's like more like when I feel yeah. like things, cause even good stress is stress and we yeah. are, we are really busy people and yeah. I don't want that to start to take away from my relationship. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, work yeah. on some of that and how to manage it.
1: Yeah. I w- we recently had Jason Whaler on the show. Yeah, I love that, him. Who, who he's
0: there. He heads up our foundation. It,
1: yes. And we, oh guys it, it was so amazing, you know, talking about addiction and recovering yeah. and, you know, he really explained like, when I thought I was fine, I'm like, I got it all together. We got it figured out. That's when
0: you're the most when vulnerable. He relapsed. Yeah. That's when you are the most vulnerable. Yeah.
1: And, and I tend, you know, my mind will do that too. Like, okay, we're good. And it's like, no, 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 you still need to go to church. <laughs> you still need to go to, to therapy. You still need to, you, you yeah. can't,
0: you need to be vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. You don't always need to be hyper vigilant Cause when you come in from trauma, Sometimes we're always looking for that tiger. Yeah. But you do need to be vigilant. You Mm -hmm. need to, I think you should always be paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So home life, how many kids do you have? So Daniel started really young. Uh And so he had three older, like moving out of the house when I met him. Yeah. Um, I started really late. (laughs) So, so I was 35 when I had my daughter. And so, um, We together have four. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up recently, right before COVID, adopting my two nieces. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a big, big family. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you adopt them? Because they're my family. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a messed up family. So we got them out of foster care. So their A scores are nine. And yeah, so they're now. And really proud. My um, older, the older of the two nieces, uh, just graduated high school with two associates degrees and got a full ride to UCLA graduated high school with two associates what degrees what the heck yeah That's and a, the, the younger one is getting straight a's you know doing really great so this is
1: amazing yeah they have amazing guardians parents like that is so powerful but
0: they could have gone the other direction they could have yeah we it was a little rough for a while when we first took them in yeah because they came from trauma so they well, came from parents who were addicted and you know abusive and so what type of stuff did you do with them? Or do you continue to constant therapy Yeah, and also training at home? Like all the stuff we talk about, all the stuff we post about is all the stuff we do at home. It's all the same stuff. It's, it's the lifestyle stuff. It's nutrition, it's boundaries, it's nutrition, it's lifestyle, it's exercise, it's, you know, boundaries around how they can behave because how they behaved with their family before was not how they get to behave in our mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Um, It's consequences. It's, supplements. It's brain health. It's all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was teaching
0: them not to believe every stupid thing they think. So
1: powerful. So powerful. How, you know, a question I get, you know, because you are the unicorn of your family, you've, (laughs) you know, which is so inspirational, Uh, but do you ever find that, like, do you, do you want to talk to your, do you, how often do you talk to your family? Do you, because you're so different and you've you're growing and healed and i mean it's it's so inspirational do you ever have like a, a resentment or like you know what i mean like oh, lots of resentment yeah like how <laughs> that does i work on yeah. yeah yeah so
0: um so i'm close to my mom so okay. my mom the runaway who never graduated high school actually retired very wealthy um she's amazing so she made bad decisions and good decisions and she but she's a good role model for me because she had so much grit And so, you know, we all make bad decisions and good decisions and she just didn't let it get her down. So we're very close. Um, But the rest of my family, no, not really. I didn't want to talk to them. I had disconnected from all of them, Mm -hmm. except when my nieces got taken into foster care, I didn't have a choice, right? So I worked a lot on forgiveness, but forgiveness does not mean access. I I can love you and forgive you from a distance. So that for me was really important. Forgiveness does not mean access.
1: That everyone just needs to like marinate on that. That that is so major because I forgave a, a family member that was toxic, and then I kept giving them access, and it kept hurting me and hurting me. And it was like I'm not drama, but for some reason there's drama. And fine. Oh, and
0: they will call you a bitch.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> and guess selfish.
0: What? And like, I'm like. Okay, you care thank more you. about
1: your career all the things. thank you, all the things. And finally, like there was a point where I kept allowing access. And I remember like being a senior in high school it was it was parents night where you make the little the little volleyball with their names on it and it was like, I'll be there. wasn't there. And I was like, I cannot keep getting hurt like this. This mm-hmm. is like so the whole access thing, that's where, why, when I learned that, it was like so much peace, way less yep. drama. But I get that question a
0: lot. We're like, I want to get better. I want to grow. But it's like, you keep letting. People- but you have to work on code. If, if you're a person who keeps letting it happen, then you have to ask yourself why you keep letting it happen. Why you feel bad when they cry and whine about it, because that's codependency. And so working on that codependency is really important. The day that I stopped worrying about being a bitch (laughs) was the best day of my life because I don't care what people think. If I know that I'm doing the right thing for my family, if I have peace about the fact that I'm protecting my nest, that I have boundaries, that I'm not being mean. I'm absolutely not being mean, but I have a set of criteria. And if you can't respect that criteria, Mm. now, if you change and you've respected my criteria, like these boundaries, then okay, we can talk. Mm -hmm. But if you have not, and they haven't, then i don't feel bad yeah i my i know my first priority is to my family yeah my first priority is to protect my daughter protect my marriage protect and so they will come up with every excuse in the world as to why i am a horrible person mm-hmm. and i'm just like thank you yep. next
1: yep yeah <laughs> so this posture is so hot it's so sexy it is everything every woman out there is going yes 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 but, but it's harder to do than it is to say it's harder to do yeah So when you made that switch of like, I don't care what you think, this is me. Like, obviously there's so much freedom there, but how did you get there?
0: So one, I'll I'll give you one book that is, was really helpful to me. Byron Katie's work was really helpful to Mm -hmm. me and she has a book. So everyone knows loving what is, but that's not the book. The book that really, I thought was really great is I need your love. Is that true? And it's such a good book. Okay. And then there's another book. There's a couple, but Boundaries is another great one by John Townsend. Yes. And so it's just a great book. But learning boundaries, learning how to love yourself and learning how to not be codependent Mm -hmm. is so critical. It's so vital. Um, And I love, you know, I love another thing Byron Katie said, and I don't know if she's the first one to say it or not, but what other people think of me is none of my business. That's right. It's just none of my business. Yeah. It's my job to love me. Yep. It's nobody else's. Oh, and the freedom that
1: the is, freedom. And, oh, it's just like your frequency is so high because you don't live in that other space. No, it's
0: between me and God. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about your faith.
0: So I've it's <laughs> so again, all this is in my book, but it's, it's hard. It was hard. It was a hard journey. Not now. Now it's yeah. great. Um, so my dad was a Baptist minister. So my dad abandoned me. He was a, he was a drug addict. He did heroin with my uncle. Um, He abandoned me and then he showed up one day as a minister. And um, yeah, that was really interesting, but he didn't act like a minister. And then I had my two half sisters. So he got remarried and had my two half sisters and then started doing drugs with them and got divorced again. And um, it was a really messed up story. I mean, when I tell you it was a messed up story, he embezzled money from his church. And so I stopped talking to my dad way early on. Like when I was like 17, I stopped talking Mm -hmm. to him. Um, I wanted nothing to do with him. I ended up taking him into my house, that's a whole nother story, when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. So that's a a thing, and that's when I learned how to forgive. And so my faith through that journey was really greatly affected, greatly affected. And I'm like, if this is what God is like, maybe God's like every other man in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted nothing to do with that. And then I had a lot of deep work to do on myself, which I did. And it was like, I, with the help of some friends, um, it's like, Am I gonna really lose my soul over another man's mistake? Because he's a man. Right. That's not God. That's right. a man, that's a man. Yeah. And so that was not an easy process, but it was it was a process that I did. And after I learned to forgive my dad, just the, the amount of burden that was released, and I realized something. I forgave him. He couldn't forgive himself. That's right. It was so interesting. Yeah. Um, I still, again, access was limited. I helped him, but what I realized through all of that was that my forgiveness, like when I forgave him and I helped him, the help was for him, but the healing was for me. And so sometimes God puts these situations in your life. Sometimes God puts people in your life and I did not want to do it. Mm -hmm. Again, don't marry a shrink if you don't want to do stuff like this. Um, um, But I did not want to do it. I, I argued with God. I was like, this isn't fair. This isn't my, not my circus, not my monkey. I don't, this isn't my problem. He wasn't there for me. I don't need to be there for him and i ended up being there for him and then i realized oh there's a reason you you did this i had mm-hmm. already become really good at being a bitch i didn't mm-hmm. need to go backwards mm-hmm. and then i realized okay wait a second you needed me to heal like the healing was for me and so i when you argue with god one of you is going to lose yeah. and you don't want it you don't want you know if, if you win an argument with god you lose if you lose an argument with god you win yeah and so um it took it took a bit
1: it took a bit. Yeah. So, so did you, so were you resentful? Like, were you just like, I don't, I don't want a relationship with God. Like, did you. Did with you, God? Yeah. Like Oh, with, initially, initially yeah. I
0: thought if I thought God's probably like every other man in my life. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Like, I don't want to do this. He's going to hurt me, you know, whatever. Um, Or it's just, you know, not real. Yeah. And then because of some, and I don't believe in coincidences, a couple of really important people that came into my life that had a big impact on me. Um, that were very faith driven Mm -hmm. and just really turned my, my view around and I gave it a chance. And then there are things that happened that are just not coincidence. Mm -hmm. And you realize my dad had nothing to do with God. My dad made bad choices. He's a man. Right. And so, and then God's been a huge, just like my faith is great. It it took a while. Religion for me was hard for a while. Yeah. Like it's, you know, still sometimes religion is hard because we see people make mistakes all the time. Yeah. But I read the Bible cover to cover. I did that for myself. You did? And yeah, during COVID, I'm like, I'm going to dig into this. Wow. I did it because I was tired of hearing little one verse spinoffs and people like throwing out a whole motivational speech about it. And I'm like, I don't think that's what that means.
1: It's true. This is very scary. It's like new, new age Christian. It was weird. It's it's like a blend and it's like, no, 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 that's really not what that means. That's like, not what it
0: means. Right. And so we get so twisted up over, you know, and now we're in this whole fight over, you know, like, dear Lord, all these movements, all these social I movements, know. and they're like anti-religion, cause they're like, but Christians claim this. And I'm like, no, actually the Bible doesn't claim that. Right. Churches claim that. It's so, but the Bible it's doesn't. It's a
1: whole deal. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. deal. This is amazing that you actually read the Bible, the whole Bible. Yeah. No,
0: I want to do it again. So the first time I did it, I decided I was going to do it like bird's eye view. Like I needed to see the forest from the trees. So it was more just like a distant view. Now I want to actually dig in a little bit deeper. And so take, say, take more time because it's so weird. I'm going to go down a whole rabbit no, hole. I I, I, this. No,
1: I love uh, this. But
0: there are like we get. There are certain words in there that if you don't take time to go okay what did that mean in that time yeah like the greek the hebrew yeah like the time the vernacular right of the time because right. i mean sick now doesn't mean <laughs> sick meant. yeah you know, sick means different yeah. things today yeah so you have to know the vernacular of the time and if you start to dig into that you're like whoa like that doesn't mean what like it's not a literal translation doesn't translate mm-hmm. and then you start to go okay wow like it's just sort of mind-bending
1: it is it is i have been really trying to learn the bible like truly because what i have recognized to your point there's a lot of churches that they're preaching stuff that is again it's it's does it it does not go with the holy bible and it's like this new it's just this blend and it 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 leaves people so confused and we're going to pass that on from generations if we don't learn the truth well it's more
0: about it's which you know there's nothing wrong with feeling good it's more about a motivational thing though and it's like these five points about this one verse but the one verse was out of context to begin with and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh okay i don't know if i like that
1: yeah yeah so what other ways do you grow your faith like Bible reading is huge. So,
0: I mean, prayer and meditation yeah. is probably the biggest way. Same. Yeah. Um, especially during COVID. And, and oh, and I did join, you know, like a, a prayer group during that time because we couldn't yeah. go to church. So there's a group of women that were yeah. really special in my life. Yeah. Because I was pretty angry and I had to work on that anger. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think God wants me to be angry even though I'm angry during this time. So I joined yeah. a, a group.
1: Yeah. Prayer is so amazing. Yeah, it is. How it and see, I think changed. of
0: prayer and meditation as the same. So, same. so a lot of Christians get really hung up on this word meditation. I know. And why? I'm like, the Bible talks about the word meditation is in there, like meditate on, you know, right all day, you know, day and night. And so it's in there. So over and over and over to me, they're the same. I think of, I think of prayer as talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. Yes. It's just kind of my quiet time. Yes.
1: So good. Oh, you like, there's so many parts that I want to talk to you about because you're just like so multifaceted and it's like, I'm old. No, <laughs> no, but you don't like, I'm staring at your skin and I'm like, you are (laughs) hot. Says you. Can can we (laughs) know like, oh my gosh, you're seriously like so beautiful inside and out. And, you know, I know that health and nutrition is such a huge part. And I'm like, I, are you, are you keto? Like, can you, I know my girls, they want, they want to know right now. Cause like, I'm like, how do we look like you look like snow white skin you're so healthy and fit. Like so you're going to hate me because
0: yeah. I like, this is a big point of contention with my social media team. That's always trying to get me to do, get ready with me videos. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Those are for 19 year olds. I'm just oh not my doing
1: God, it because
0: um, people ask that question yeah, a lot. You're but exquisite. here's the thing. The truth is I was an esthetician before I became a nurse. Um, and what I learned is that most products are nonsense. Just the truth, all these like billions of dollars and you know, whatever, all these thousands of dollars that women spend on all these products um, most of them are just nonsense. There are a few that really work, um, like so I what? do use Retin A. Yeah, use okay. Th- that's one of them. Um, vitamin C products are—they help superficially. You know, hyaluronic acid helps superficially. It's like it's—it will plump up the skin superficially, but it's not doing anything underneath. Mm-hmm. So, people hate when I say this. It's just the truth less product is better mm-hmm. and you know using less toxic stuff i mean, i don't do all non-toxic stuff i know people want to hear that i do yeah. i wish i did i don't yeah same um i do the best i can yeah but it's really more about the inside out so someone said to me something really interesting i think it was josh axe um, i was doing an interview with him a long time mm-hmm. ago and he said i can see what you've been eating on your skin mm. and i was like it was i'm like what do i have something on my face he goes no yeah. i can see what you've been eating And what he meant is he's absolutely 100% right. So people don't want to hear it. They just, they want a quick fix, just like they want to take a pill. It's so true. It's hydration, it's nutrition, it's sleep. And not one diet fits everybody. I do low carb. Not everybody does well on low carb. Yeah. So I like, and it's because I have, I'm, I contend towards insulin resistance really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works for me. Mm-hmm. Put my daughter on a low carb diet, she's crazy. Yeah. So not everybody works that way. Yeah. But if you're gonna eat carbs, eat smart carbs. Yeah. Like eat carbs that are low glycemic, high fiber, mm-hmm. focus on that. I focus on gluten free. Mm-hmm, um, I don't think it's good for, it doesn't help anybody. Um, so, and for some people it's more toxic than for others. Mm-hmm. So, but nutrition. Hydration, sleep, avoiding toxic things, avoiding processed foods. It's going to show in your skin. I don't care what you 100%. do.
1: hundred percent. Like if I, I don't do much dairy at all and I'm, I, I work very well on low carb. Yeah. I've tested it. I feel it. I know me too. it. I'm more my energy. Yeah, keto. This where that's the lane that I stay the healthiest, the leanest. But it is so. Tr- and you probably
0: don't have dips in your energy. No,
1: no. Yeah. I I, I intermittent fast. It works extremely well for me. I feel like it's anti aging.
0: It is, and I intermittent fast too. Okay, so I do the same thing.
1: When do you? When's your window? So I'm
0: I'm terrible. Don't listen. Yeah. Like nobody follow this because yeah. it's not. <laughs> um, I just, I eat the most at night. I shouldn't, Shame. but I just, because I'm not hungry in the morning and I'm just, my body just isn't that hungry. So I tend to eat the most at around six o'clock. Yeah. So I have like sort of a moderate sized lunch and then I'm not really that interested in food and like dinner I'm starving. Same. And so that's when I tend to eat the most and yeah. it should be the other way around. And, yeah. but that said, if someone is really trying to get their health under control. And they're starting from a place of like saying they're very overweight or they're not healthy. I would not recommend that starting that way. I would mm-hmm. recommend, I'm um, actually wrote the Omni diet and I would yeah. recommend starting with eating small meals throughout the day just to get it under control. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be hungry and feel deprived. Mm-hmm. So you start with breakfast so that you get your blood sugar straightened out. Mm-hmm. Um, you work up to something like yeah. what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's exactly what I did. I started like small meals yeah. and then it was like, I discovered intermittent fasting and I, I feel like with traveling and yeah. time changes, like I can just crush life with intermittent fasting. Yeah. I love it. And then I, I, I same thing. I have my dinner. I enjoy more. Yeah, it, it's, me too. It's so, so. I try
0: not to eat too close to bedtime. Yeah. But you know, it's just my favorite meal. Yeah. That part of it's because we always sit down together at dinner. Uh-huh. So that's another thing I think that helps families is we all sit down together. We kind of always have done that. And so in um, 2023,
1: you sit down together. Yeah. No, it's As an important like thing for us. Major. Yeah. Do you guys have a thing where you like ask each other about the day? and We do. And yeah. it's, it's,
0: it used to annoy the kids. Now I think they're actually starting to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm-hmm. so
1: yeah, for sure. What about working out?
0: So that's been, that's been a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, so I've always been like super into fitness. Like yeah. you said, i martial arts, the whole thing. Um, I hurt my back. And so after I hurt my back, it was, I can't do intense exercise anymore. I like short bouts of intense mm-hmm. exercise. So that was hard for me mentally. So now I do Pilates more like rehab style Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, I do do some lightweight lifting, but very light. Yeah. And I walk. And I'm trying to get back yeah. to where I can do martial arts again, but yeah. it's going to look different. Yeah. And I'm, a, you know, I just, at this age, I want to be healthy. I've really changed my values. It's like not yeah. about being ripped. It's right. about, you know, being able to enjoy my family and travel and mm-hmm. just stay healthy and being yeah. able to work out into my 80s.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. What about traveling? Like, how do you stay healthy traveling, like you guys travel a lot. We,
0: we do it with intention. Yeah. So if you just leave it up to chance, I will tell yeah. you, I went to, just got back from Japan. Yeah. It's one of the hardest places that I've ever been to stay healthy because Hong Kong was too, but I had, um, we had friends who were locals to Hong Kong that were showing us around so I could tell them what I wanted. Right. Still had a really hard time in Hong Kong. But Japan was really hard because the language barrier, it was very significant. So they are the nicest people you'll ever meet. It's the cleanest place you will ever see. They're the most polite and they will bend over backwards. to, uh, to If they don't understand you, they're going to still help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't always understand you and the menus are often fixed. They serve oh. the tiniest portions. Can I tell you, I eat a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. <so> no, <laughs> what I eat, I eat, wh- I eat a lot.
1: When, yeah, same. So, like I need my protein.
0: These people eat such small portions. And I'm like... I'm gonna starve because I don't eat the grains. I don't eat right. the rice, and Same. so I'm like, it'll show up. And they use vegetables as a garnish, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I need like I need like four times the size right. the servings of vegetables, yeah. and not the rice. But they won't substitute. So a lot of the restaurants don't substitute. So I had to order like four things, and finally by the third day I was starving, and I eat the rice. So I'm like, gonna yeah. die if I don't.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: it can be challenging, but aside from that, normally, like if I'm going to Europe, it's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. So one of the first things my daughter and I do is we look up healthy places. Yeah. And most places have, you know, yeah. health restaurants and right. keto and whatever. Right. Yeah. I just set standards,
1: like even traveling for speaking hotels. I'm like whole foods straight away, Yeah. get my berries. Thing. I, everywhere I stay that has a kitchenette yep. and you know, cause so many people ask like, why travel? It's like, you just have discipline. Like, that's really the thing. And I think a lot of people, they associate, like, getting on a plane traveling is like, oh, fun, dinner, and it's like. No, it's no, it's challenging. Yeah. Enough. And so
0: I learned one thing from my friend, JJ Virgin. I like this expression. Order of the menu, not from the menu. Oh, and so I'm like, what? And then it it made sense. It's like, oh, if they've got something on the menu, you can like find a way to order that not necessarily together the way they have it. Yeah. So you can always pretty much order chicken and vegetables. Right. You know, so you just you figure out how to like get them to work with you, get a salad and some chicken. Mm -hmm. And so I often do appetizers, you know, so Mm -hmm. I can do it that way.
1: Yeah. So good. What's your favorite like supplement that you're like, well, this is a must have. Oh, you just me. opened the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Um, I take like so many supplements. I love uh, it. This is sort of how I was able to get off of some of the medications. hundred so, Yeah, so I take a lot of supplements. But I think for most people, like I have, I have those go-tos that the average person, like these are the staples that most people should be taking. So obviously a good multi, vitamin D is critical. It's critical for so many things. It's critical for your immunity. For blood sugar, for you know, for diabetes, heart disease, COVID. Mm-hmm. It's critical for so many things. So vitamin D, probiotics. If your gut's not right, your brain's not gonna be right. Um uh, yeah, so those are some of the basics. So you're um I know I'm missing something. Um, but for those are like sort of the things for everybody. Yeah. But then you've got from there you want to individualize it. So yeah. we actually have a site called brainhealthassessment.com yes. that will help you with like your your more cognitive like, um, performance type Mm -hmm. supplements and they're different for everybody. Yeah. So if I take five HTP, I feel like I'm stoned. But if I take, um, something called focus and energy, energy, which is like ashwagandha and it's more of a stimulating, it's got like green tea in it. Adaptogens.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so that
0: actually helps me. That actually helps to increase focus. So I can take GABA and that will settle down my emotional brain. And I love that. So that will help me go to sleep. So for sleep, I love GABA. Um, I like a little bit of melatonin, my Mm. magnesium, Mm -hmm. but then in between there, I take a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it. So people can check out the site and then, you know, I think something that's so important is getting your brain scanned Mm. like majorly so you can, you know, see what's going on. Like, did, did you, did, did you start like dating? Daniel, and he had your brain scanned right away? Yeah,
0: right? I didn't know who he was when I started dating him for three weeks. But then he invited me to the clinic, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I was a neurosurgical ICU nurse, so I was like interested in it. And so he's like, oh, you haven't seen the clinic. Like, let me show you the clinic. And I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. And so he scanned me two weeks after I started dating him, and it was very interesting. Um, and he's like, when did you hit your head? He's like, when did you have a head injury? I'm like, I have had a head injury? Like, as a neurosurgical ICU nurse. I was like, like I was a trauma nurse. To me, that meant coma, cracked right, skull. You right. know. I did have a car accident, but I walked away from it. So I didn't think it counted. And he's like, no, I can see where you hit your head. And I'm like, really? And so it's really interesting. Like you can actually see if your brain works too hard, if it doesn't work hard enough, if you've had, you know, a head injury like that.
1: What about like any of the trauma being from your... Emotional
0: child? trauma, absolutely can see it. It shows up as a pattern in the brain. Yep. And we can separate, we actually published a huge study showing that you can separate and um, differentiate emotional trauma from physical trauma like 90% of the time. And how important is that when you've got soldiers coming back from war and they're all being put on the same treatment, except emotional trauma and physical trauma are radically different. In one, your brain works too hard. and the other one, your brain doesn't work hard enough. So if you put everybody on the same treatment, some of them get radically better and the others kill themselves. So does that make sense? No. No, some get worse and some get better. You need to know. Wow. Is their brain working too hard? Is it not working hard enough?
1: So then, you, yeah, you can see this and then prescribe the right
0: supplements. Well, and the right lifestyle the stuff, right lifestyle. And everything. Do they need hyperbaric oxygen? Do they need, you know, what do they need? Wow. Do they need EMDR therapy? Yeah. Or do they need something to stimulate blood flow to the front of their brain?
1: Mm. So good. So powerful. Awareness. Awareness. Aware- <laughs> what do you think your it factor is?
0: You know, I honestly think what we talked about a little bit. So, boundaries mm-hmm. and just not really getting to the point where I don't really care what I'm super compassionate. Yeah. I love people. I love yeah. to help people, but I don't really care what they think. Yeah. And so, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I But if you ask me what my favorite thing is, it's being a mom. Mm, Why? I love being a mom and I didn't even want to be one. What makes it so great? I I can't even, it's so funny. I didn't want to have kids. And then I ended up having one because I was like, well, if I don't, I'm not going to be able to because I'm getting old. Mm -hmm. I sort of gave into it. And the minute I had her, like I had a nanny lined up. I was like, I'm no way going to be a stay at home mom. Never going to happen. I don't want to be home. I had a really great job. I was traveling all over the place. I'm like, I'm not going to stay home. And I laid eyes on her and I'm like, there's no way I will sell my house before I I leave this kid with somebody else. It was just a weird mama bear thing. And we have been like that. So cool. Um, We are so close. And I, I, it's like, how do I explain it? It's like nothing else I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not going to presume that it's like that for everybody, Mm -hmm. but it's like, It's like, I feel like I'm most in my power with that. Mm. It's like, this isn't something everybody can do. Yeah. It's something I can do. And it's something that is so special to me. Like, I'm raising a human. Right. Like, I'm responsible for this human. It's
1: crazy. Yeah.
0: And there was just so much in there. And she just became my best friend. That's
1: beautiful. Yeah, And do you think it's like you value it differently because of how you were raised?
0: Oh, I swore to myself. I actually promised and swore to myself I would not. It's part of why my boundaries became so strong. I write about that in my book. Mm -hmm. It's part of why my boundaries became so strong after I had hers when it really got powerful. Because there was no way I was letting that into my house Mm -hmm. and into her life. Mm -hmm. No way.
1: Mm, Beautiful. So
0: it made it much easier to say no.
1: Yeah yeah oh it's good it's yeah. so good i just i want to thank you like truly i am so grateful that you have leaned in and like gone to the depths because i know that you've had to go to the depths and you're you, gonna make
0: me cry. off <laughs> no you
1: need to know this though your work is significant and it's to me and millions of others But like truly, because your willingness to heal and to share it and to not, like you said, care what people think, like you are literally setting people free. You are. And you're a real role model. So thank you so much for doing all that you've done, writing over 10 books, sharing all that you've shared. You don't have to do all this and you continue to do it and I know that all of that happened for you so you could go out there and make the impact that you're making today so thank you for being here thank you for being a role model for me and I'm so blessed and I know God is so proud of you so I just want to tell you that thank you for
0: being here you're so amazing and you are such a powerful role model I love that about you thank you where can people find you so I'm very active on social at yes. Tana Amen um, my website is tanaamen.com. there's lots of free resources there Yay. And if you are struggling at a deeper level, you feel like you need help with your mental health. We hate the term mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, Amonclinics.com. Awesome.
1: Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. So.